The culture, I'm saying, is definitely deeper than rap. There are a lot of great things happening in hip-hop for sure. From the outside looking in, you may not even understand. We're reporting live from deep within the culture. Ayo, part learning platform. Part inspiration. I'm talking all things culture. It's the Hip Hop Study Hall Podcast with DJ Egan. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a little behind, but a little forward too. Uh, this is the Hip Hop Study Hall podcast. And as you can see, my man is here. Mims, uh, a lot to catch up on. But before you forget the thought that you were about to give me, I just want to get right into where we were in this conversation. And folks, um, catch yourselves up here. Mims was telling me, you know, just just go ahead and give me what you was telling me just now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so we'll, we'll double back in a second. But, uh, <laughs> right. but what I was saying is... Uh, so we're talking about technology, the uh, blockchain space, NFTs, things of that nature. And when I first got into the space, I want to say around like circa 2017, um, I, I realized that everybody in the space talked a certain way. And I'm like, guys, like, I don't understand this. So and everybody in the space, want they want to do this thing called mass adoption, which is basically um, including the world to be a part of this whole decentralization, like breaking down. Um, these big corporations and creating blockchain companies that mimic them, but but just have more fear, you know, operate better essentially. And when you would get around these people, you would you would hear the language they're using, and it's like for me uh, as an everyday person, you know, coming off the streets of Washington Heights, right. I don't know what half this stuff is. So I used to always be the guy at the meetings and say, look, guys, not not I don't want to use the word dumb, but you guys got to come. You guys, if you want mass adoption, if you want people to use the the stuff you're building, you got to speak the same language as them and they got to understand it. Um, And I think now you're starting to see a lot of people get into it. But now we're actually starting to see uh, people gain more understanding. And then that's why I'm here, like, you know, to give a little bit, a little bit more insight. (laughs) I appreciate it, man. Like for for those who don't know, this is my man, Mims. Big, one of the biggest records that was ever out in hip hop. This is why I'm hot, man. And and that's kind of how we met. You came through on a promo run. And, and since then, I've been building with you and your team. Shouts out to CL. Shouts out to Eric. Um, um, DJ Blackout. Can't forget him as well. Right. Um, I got it. OK. Yeah, there you go. And and just 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 been a, a just a dope team. man. so um, we kind of jump forward. What I want to do first, though, is let's get a little bit of the history of Mims. And one of the things I, I first want to ask you, even before the, the the big record, This Is Why I'm Hot, did you know mm-hmm. that this entertainment space or being an artist, did you know at 16, is this what you wanted to do? Yeah, so so if I, if I, if I run back like my history in my head, you know, and, and, and uh, I, I feel old now, but I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm up there. But, uh, but, but I think um, when I first got into music, um, um, my mom actually purchased a DJ set for me when I was 13. She passed away the same year she purchased a set for me. She passed away. So, um, so for me, I, I used that last present she gave me as like a, a refuge. So I dived into music, becoming a DJ. <clears throat> so fast forward, um, when I started DJing and, and, and you would know, um, you start listening to records play on vinyl and then I'm like, well, dad, how does someone make this music? How, how was this music created? Now, obviously, I got into the production side of it, and then eventually, I didn't have any rappers to rap rhyme on my beats, so I had to start writing my own music. Uh, uh, and then, you know, and then pro- as I progressed, I became this artist that knew how to do everything. And then when people would would uh, would meet me, they'd be like, "Yo, you're great at at being an artist. Why don't you just stick to that for now 
and leave everything else kind of, um, and I won't say in the past, but just leave it for now, focus on being an artist. And then once you become an artist, you can do whatever it is you want to do. And I listened. And, and the truth is that it was really great advice um, because I always say, have this saying, and some people always correct me, but jack of all trades, king of none. So I didn't want to know everything, but not master something. So I wanted to find something to master. Um, right. The starving artist period is real, though. So for anybody out there that's watching, yo, being a musician is great. Um, but I think my career, um, I started off young, and 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 then like I, I didn't, I decided not to do uh, pursue a college education. Um, and and from like the age of 18 to like 24, that's six years. I know it sounds like a little bit of time, but that's a long time to be living, you know. Uh, behind on your rent i was gonna say we're, we're not even money. sure if that's check to check because i've seen i yeah, know artists not I, <laughs> we're not even sure if that's check to check yeah. not even check to check we you know so so i mean uh, it was a fun period in my life and then obviously um we were relentless my team you mentioned them shout out to eric cl blackout i mean any, anybody that was involved man you uh early I appreciate on appreciate it um and uh, you know we were relentless. I mean, we we uh, we we were everywhere we needed to be. We we did everything we had to do, and and then as a result of it, um, you know, we had this beautiful big smash hit record called "This Is Why I'm Hot," and you know, uh, which was great, by the way. Like I, I had, I went on to continue to do other records, other music, tour, and things of that nature. And then around, I would say, 2011, 2012, I decided that I love music, but but I needed to figure out how to master something else. And right. then I decided to kind of put music, treat the music secondary, and then and then my primary uh, business would would, would become um, jumping into the tech space, creating technology, uh, investing in tech uh, products, uh, you know, understanding the business, investing in other things, and and that's why I'm here now. Oh well, and you've definitely been moving. So so. We, we kind of got you there. What, what I want to back up to before I get into your life in the tech space, which is a very big one, because I got a lot of tech questions. So I, I definitely and, and y'all have been like at the forefront, too, as I've watched your movement, as in a lot of people are trying to make the shift now. Dudes like yourself, you kind of made the shift a while back. And you know what I'm saying? So so you kind of seem like you saw some things that were coming, which is another thing I want to come back to. But. One of the first things I want to talk to you about is is your deal, like the deal that you had with Capital when you finally got it. What was your deal yeah. exactly? Because well, because you, you had a situation that you guys had created, so it wasn't just an artist deal with Capital, was it? Yeah, no. So, so well, that's a, a definitely a longer story. But um, <laughs> what it was, we did we did a partnership deal with uh, with EMI with Capital Records. So I, I had um, we independently pushed. This is why I'm hot. Um, from its inception, and then we did we did an upstream deal with uh, with EMI with Capital Records at the time, and they had to abide by the original deal that I had put in place with some investors that invested in me early, and which, in my opinion, was an is is still on paper an amazing deal. Um, the issue for me came when when it was time to account to me financially, um, and what I learned about corporations, and this is not. This is probably not just music related, but but you know every corporation, the person who collects the money, um, ho holds all the gold. They basically make all the rules. And and when, what I mean by that is, if a company collects ten million dollars and they decide to give you a thirty thousand dollar check, um, your job as as the person receiving the check is to now go audit this company, um, uh, go through a litigation process to see if there's anything missing. And I think record labels purposely do this 
they purposely withhold money from artists because they know that they they won't have enough money to go through that process of litigation. Um, right. with, with my label, um, as sweet as my deal was, my the reporting to me didn't seem right. So I did obviously go through a, 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 a did a forensic audit with them. So basically checked all of their books to see where where the money went, came and went. And then when then we went into a litigation, which lasted seven years and cost me probably about close to, I would say, at least three, four hundred thousand dollars in wow. legal expenses. Um, and, and that was a real big decision. Uh, that, that's when I really decided that I wanted to kind of shift my focus into a different space because I, I, I was I, even though I enjoy being a creative, um, I, I think my mindset was let me go and create. I always love technology. Now let me create technology that will help my industry kind of be progressive. So, so that's why I decided to dive in. Can let me let me ask you you do this too because, and and I've had this question, and I know there's no simple answer, right? So when we look at groups that were before you, like we'll say you and I know these his, this history, the new additions, the, the 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 TLCs, right? These groups that have sold massive amounts of records and moved massive units and did all kinds of stuff for record labels, right? And then it comes to what you said, the accounting. Is there ever going to be a way, though, Mims, that we can that we can fix this so that it it doesn't continue, or is it just going to be, or is it just the way the industry's set up? Because I mean, we can go by the Jada Kiss line, right? Why is the why is it why is the artist always in debt? You understand? what I'm saying, you know, yeah. when he's on on the record, why, right? Like, why is the artist why is the industry set up so the artist is always in debt? Is this something that we can never actually overcome? So, so I, I would say that the, the simplest answer is, yeah, we will, because because now there's a technology called blockchain technology that basically uses um, a system of computers as a system of checks and balances. So basically, instead of having someone sit in an office and actually itemize expenses, we have computers doing this now um, and we have ways of verifying it. So I think for, for the future, absolutely. Maybe for artists like myself, New Edition, TLC, uh, I mean, the list goes on of probably every 99% of the artists that, that, that have probably crossed the music at some point has gotten cheated. Um, I don't know how I don't know how we'll fix problems from the past, but but looking toward the future with new artists, we should be able to fix it. We should. Uh, right. We have enough technology. We, we're sending people. I mean, there's cars that drive themselves now. You know, we're here. We're right. in the future. You know. Boom. So so yeah, I think I think I think. Um, I'm, I'm a part of some projects that that um, that are working on uh, building that. Um, and, and that's one of my passions is just getting involved with people who are trying to fix and, and, and educate and change uh, the music industry. You know this like like I do. So many younger people that we meet, right? You know, they'll they'll meet you and be like, "Mems, the rapper. Oh, my God. I know you. I know this is why I'm hot, because what's really crazy, too, is records like yours right now are becoming some of the hotter records in the club. Now that these kids are like 23, 24, right? They're like, yo, can you drop this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they're asking for these records. So when you meet that young artist that says, I want to be a rapper, do you explain to them though how important it is to be, and I know you said like you focused on being an artist, right? But to also focus mm -hmm. on your business, like understanding that what you put on that paper some kind of way belongs to you and can be something that you hold on to for life. Do you, do you, how important is that conversation to have with them? Yeah, uh, it, it's tough, right? So I'm, I'm going to tell you why it's a tough conversation. One, I absolutely do. Um, you know, I, 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 I use like I can find a million analogies 
and 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 to to compare music to to different things. So we talk about boxing, right? Every, you know, everybody wants to be Floyd Mayweather, but they don't want to put the work in the gym. You know, they don't want to be consistent, consistently working out. They don't want to spar. Uh, you know, have seven day workout plans. Um, I think musicians, you you got to look at it the same way. If you want to be in the space, you got to do your due diligence. Um, one one of the things that probably annoys me the most about this, you ask some of these younger younger people who want to be in the space about previous scenarios or previous artists that come before them. A lot of them are clueless. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to sound like the old guy that's like, yo, if you don't know who Run DMC is, you're, you know, you're crazy. Right. But but what I realize is, is it's not it's not it's not just about paying homage. What it is is about understanding how to how to be different. Um, I have this quote that I, that I that I abide by and I live by. I say, yo, we're supposed to leave the world better than how we how we came in. Boom. So Wait, artist, can you say yeah. it again for the people in the back? Because I, I let's hear that quote yeah. twice. Here we go. We're, we're supposed to leave the world better than how we came in. So so our job as humans is to come in, create something, be creative and do something. I, I mean, if you want to do it different, that's fine. But do something that actually better the, the world, better the planet. And what I realize is a lot of people don't even want to do do that part of the job. What they see is they see the rappers with the big chains, the the the, the big fancy cars, um, the the nice clothes, and you know, uh, if you're a woman, I mean, whatever your sexual orientation is, but the opposite sex being attracted to you because you have money, they see all this stuff, but they don't realize that most of it is is fake, right? right. So I I would say, and 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 because I've been there and I, and I and I've lived in that world. I would say 75 to 80 percent of what you see is not real. Um, it's just meant as a way to get you to get the audience engaged so that they think it's real because it's it's a it's a hamster wheel. That's what it is. It's basically if I if I show them um, that I have it, then then I'm going to get it eventually. And and I and I respect I respect the hustle. But I think at some point in time, we kind of got to like get out of the hamster wheel and and you know start start having progressive progressive motion or vertical motion as I say moving up. Right. Um, so I, I commend anybody who can come in this business and actually make a living for themselves. I, I like I don't care if your music is good or not. Like that's not I, I I will give you more than enough respect if you've made a living for yourself in the music industry because it is not easy. You know. So so anybody out there that's listening, you want to be a rapper, singer you know, uh, producer, whatever it is, I'm, I'm, I commend you, but it's not easy. And stop looking at videos thinking that it is because it's not. I mean, it, it's it's promising and it, and it's and, and people can certainly get involved and, and have a promising career. But don't come in the industry thinking that you can just, you know, tap one key on the keyboard and the next minute, you know, you got the biggest record in the world. It doesn't work that way. But you know what's, what's crazy? And more, art, more artists need to say that. We do. But you know, it's become crazy, though, with the with the viral thing, though, is I think it's even it's hard for us to combat that, though. You know why? Because um, you, you, if something goes viral, then everybody just runs to it. You know what I'm saying? And and let's let's put like a dude like Lil Nas X aside. I think Lil Nas X yeah. has gotten better since he went viral. I, I really do. Like, I think the dude like he under, he understands the digital space and how to how to troll you, whatever. But I think musically, he's progressively to me still getting better. Like even then Old Town Road, as crazy as it was, like, you know, it was such a big viral hit. But I really like I'm meeting dudes every day. Like there's dudes I know that they got money. They moving around. They doing different things. Right. And all of a sudden they want to do what we do every day, be in this entertainment space. And then they'll mm -hmm. tell me like, oh, I'm, I'm not really 
in it to you know to to this to that i'm just i, I just i just want to do it like then it's it's be, it's making our space crowded and i think that's yeah. what's the parts that's starting to bother me and i'm again i'm like you i don't knock no other man woman whoever for um you know, for doing anything, especially when it's positive, right? It's, as long as it's legal and positive, yeah. I definitely try to commend them because we could be doing a lot of other things. But I almost think, too, that they're taking our space for it, that folks are starting to take our space for a joke. You know what I'm saying? Of With course. the viral thing. And and yeah. I think that's the part. Like, even if I look at the DJ space, bro, like, now, when I saw Paris Hilton, I understood it. And then having a, I had, like, a 30-minute conversation with David Guetta one time, and it was, it was, it all went, like, Yo, David, man, like, and he's he's talking to me candidly, and I was like, Yo, what do you think about these hip hop DJs who say that the EDM guys aren't real DJs? And he was like, mm -hmm. Just like me and you talking about the business. He said, Ekin, man, I was doing six to eight hour sets with these parties. Look at my history. I was killing them. I was doing it. Yeah. He said, But yeah. when I started making these records though and these remixes, people started paying for David Getter the brand, and that's where I'm at now. He goes. There's a mm -hmm. difference. And that's what made me understand also, too, like you're saying, we also got to really understand this business of of the other jobs that go along with this. That's why it's so dope that I when I got to meet you, it was the whole team. I got to see just how dope y'all went, how y'all how y'all move together as a collective. And even when you say, yo, I got asked, you know, like, yo, I got told, like, be an artist now. Let yeah. this team around you help do these other things. And it gave you a chance to concentrate because you had a team that worked with you that you could trust as well. That was like helping you make the Absolutely. moves and be in the right place and, and make the call or make sure you got to such and such or, you know, lined up this guy to be, or this person for this right thing. I, I think that that's a piece, too, that they don't understand about a story like yours that that needs to be looked into. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That that's a real big piece of, of just your history, how y'all moved as a unit. Yeah, I, I think when when you look at when well, first of all, su success is subjective. So whatever what someone feels is successful, but when you look at the mechanics of what it takes to be successful as a musician, I think that the viral, I think what people um, allude to being viral, they don't realize is is not what gets you in the room. It's what keeps you in the room, right? So so um, so one of the things I, I've 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 like I've because I've been a part of a lot of viral artists right so a lot of viral artists that'll come they'll ask me hey what, what's the next steps who do i speak to um you know i even had a management company at a point in time where i was was helping a couple of particular artists that were viral out um and then giving them guidance and i think what, what i realized is that 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 maybe you're right the viral part the viral success is a little bit easier to come by because you you allow social media to dictate what they feel is popular i feel like if you if you're out there and you and you're an artist, you know now you have if you can get to that point, this is where everything becomes harder. Like everything that it happens after the fact is what you got to prepare for and what you got to mentally prepare for now. So right. You know, um, so yeah, I agree with you 100. percent Can we can we talk the uh, the can we talk the word independence? I I I want to I want to run this by you and these are just my thoughts and mm -hmm. you like I said the, the thing I I couldn't I wanted to talk to you really because. The way you did it, it was special to me. Like I said, again, I got to be around your whole team and we're friends to this day and just watching how you were involved in the whole process of not just saying, oh, I'm a rapper. That's what I do. You were you had a team, but you guys were still moving very much together. Right. So we're talking independence is a real big word. Everybody's preaching now. Right. Um, yeah. And you could tell me if I'm if I'm wrong for thinking this, but I I think you're the right guy to ask because you've been on the inside. So. Over here, we have the record label, right? We have the record label. And the record label, we know their history. Um, I'll give you an advance. 
I put you in the system. I can do things you can't do. Whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. I'm going to help with your marketing and promotion. I'm going to help blow you up as an artist, right? And now mm-hmm. we're in the age of everybody's preaching independence like a label ain't nothing. Like a label is they just, they just, they just mess you over. Whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. Now, mm-hmm. let me take you here to what these, these DSPs, in my opinion, are doing. DSPs, mm-hmm. which is, you know, and I'm, I'm not calling anybody out in, in particular, but the DSPs are pretty much who you sign to or give your music to to upload you to like the Spotify's, the Apple Music's for those people who don't know. Right. So we've got mm-hmm. what we've got, like a um, um, TuneCore. We've got the TuneCore, United Masters. CD, we've got. Yeah. CD Baby. Baby. There's there's various ones. Right. So mm-hmm. when you sign to one of them or give them or your, your music to, to do whatever there's symphonic distribution down here right they get a percentage am i am i correct they get a percentage for for being in that space of making sure your music gets to all these platforms am i correct yeah, yeah i think i think some of them so i know TuneCore. what they do is they charge they, they're in the business of 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 uh i guess micro microeconomics so they want to they charge per each upload if I'm not gotcha. mistaken and then and they have obviously millions and millions of artists so whether your song sells or not uh, you you give them ten bucks but they probably rather that model um, and then there's others that are subscription based so like you pay monthly and and you know right. and then some people do take a percentage right definitely now, you know ten twenty percent there you go that's where I want to be now but none of these places guarantee you marketing or promotion of your music. None of them guarantee you placement. They just say, give it to us. We'll put you on the platform, right? Mm-hmm. What really is the difference in them and that model than a record label? And they are the very ones preaching this independence, right? And I guess you could say yeah. on the one hand, Eakin, they're not saying that they own you though. But from what I understand, and again, I haven't looked super deeply into this, it's kind of hard to get out of those deals you're in with them once you sign on with them to give them their music to upload. You just can't walk away and be like, I want to take my music somewhere else a lot of times from what I understand. But then also, too, if if I'm somebody and I'm getting 7% of everybody that uploads and I'm not putting no money into their project and I got yeah. 700000 a million of those, I'm making money hand over fist and I ain't helping nobody. But yeah. every day I put up on social media, come rock with us. You're an independent artist. But if you ain't helping me, you yeah. just like the record label. So am I wrong I'll for say, my way of thinking? Can you can you give your boy some clarity because you've been on the inside? It, yeah, I'll say this. It depends, right? So so I I, I happen to like um I happen to like United Masters way, right? So United Masters is probably there's United Masters and then there's um AWOL, which they're two kind of similar concepts what they do is they'll they'll actually they have three different tiers of, of, of bringing onboarding artists the fir- one tier is basically you onboard yourself you just use them as a, as a distribution service and they put you on spotify apple music and all the other things then the tier above that would be that they don't give you an advance but they will actually give you someone to report to at united masses that may help you with playlisting, with, uh, you know, just different things that you may need as an artist, right? So uh, playlisting is one of them. Where Playlisting, for those who don't know, is is where your song appears on a popular playlist. Um, it could be like an editorial playlist on Spotify. So like they have, uh, what is it, uh, Rap Caviar, for example, is, a, is an editorial under Spotify. And if you get your song on Rap Caviar, they already have millions of people listening to that one playlist. So it almost kind of essentially guarantees that you'll be listened to several, you know, a million or plus times. times so, right. um, 
So with United Masters in particular, what 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 I what what I realize what they do is they'll they'll say, okay, cool, we can we can do the project for you. Now if you do tiers, I I wouldn't say one or two, and not bringing yourself or onboarding yourself, then yeah, there's a grace period that they have to have in order to put your project out, and they take a percentage of it. Um, now. Obviously, you, you can go to TuneCore and not do any of that. Like I said, you can go to TuneCore, put $10 up, but, but then TuneCore doesn't have the staff necessary to, to push or promote. If the record does start to uh, have progression, there's nobody there that you can call to say, hey, help out the record. Now, where that differentiates from the record label, however, is, and, and there are some record labels that, that are catching on or doing similar deals to United Masters and similar type situations. But the traditional record deal is a lot, in my opinion, it is, and I'm not going to say worse. I don't want to use words like that, right? Because right. because I, I signed a traditional record deal. And and the question for me would be, well, even though I didn't get my just deserves, I also had the number one record in the country. I also had the ability to tour the world. I also had the ability to make a, a, a lot of money doing it. Um, so even though I wasn't paid fairly from my record sales, me having that big record it will catapult me and doing certain things. And right. I think that that's probably like the, the trade-off. Um, but but I th think the difference for me is is if you do decide that you don't want to be on, when you're on a record, you can't, make, you can't even make the decision, depending on your deal, on, on what record that they decide that they're going to push or promote on you. Uh -huh. um, you can't make the decision. Um, so, so you're basically saying to someone, if you're signing a traditional record deal, you're saying, here is everything that I've ever done. You decide what it is you want to do with it. And if it's not successful, here's, the, here's what happens. And, and, and this happens to a lot of artists, unfortunately. Because the artist is the brand and because no one's looking at the record label saying, oh, you know, well, uh, and, you know, let's use an example. TLC is signed to, I think, LaFace. Uh, Arista, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Arista, LaFace, LaFace, Arista, yeah. Yeah. If TLC doesn't sell records, they're not going and saying, oh, man, LaFace did a horrible job. They're saying TLC's album flopped. Right. And you don't realize as as the audience that that there's probably 40, 50 people at any given time responsible for that project. Um, so so I think the difference is, is that if you if if you want to retain control, creative control, then you stay. And, and I think the argument you're making is, is valid. Are you really independent? If you if you still have to deal with different aggregators and different people who are taking a percentage, so that that I'll 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 say that's definitely a a a, a question because there are distribution channels you can use that don't involve anything like I said TuneCore you pay them ten dollars your record is up there and everything else is on you, um, but you know but 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 it is nice to know that if you have something that's starting to trend up and you have some people that work, there's some really great people that work at United Masters, for example, or AWOL, that they already know, okay, this record is trending. So let's, let's you know, let's give it more exposure here. Let me make a phone call to someone at Spotify to, to do editorial. And that may actually help depending, depending on who the artist is. Right. But so. here's my other but to that. When yeah. we're uploading 10,000, 15,000 records a month, is there really staff at these places to help with that? No matter what package that they give you. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. okay, it's like right now, if I say me and you start a company, right? We say, okay, here's package number four, tier number four that says, look, man, we are going to put this marketing program together for you. Right. But we don't got no, we don't have no stoppage of how many people can just keep uploading to us. Right. So 500 yeah. people buy that package. Are we really able to 
you know, and, and, and again, I'm not shooting any of these companies down because I think, I think at the end of the day, Ray Daniel said this to me one time before you have to sign ultimately the deal that you want. You have to know what's best for you. And, and, and we know that this, this, this game is heavy. And now that there's so many people know how to get into it or that they have equipment and only making records, it has become a much, a, a much bigger playing field, I guess you could say, you know, where there's so many people that are in it. And I, and I guess I just keep asking that question because again, like for the next set of creatives, like when they come to me and they're, they're preaching independence, I don't think they understand. Like, like you said, it takes a lot of money to promote a record. And then there's yeah. only so many spaces at a record label. I mean, at a, at a radio station or at this space, even on these playlists. Now there's only a certain amount of spaces of rap caviar. And we know they are coveted because of how heavy that playlist is and has become. You know. Yeah, and I, I think, and I think that's 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 why I say so. So I would say, ninety five percent of the artists I've ever spoken to don't even understand half of what we just talked about. And to me, that's the issue. It's like, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> it's great that you make money, but I mean, it's yeah, it's great that you make music, but but do you understand where to put the music? Do you understand how you know? Um, you know, I mean, we talk about radio, traditional radio, how it works in regard to having a success. I mean, I didn't even know how it worked until I got in. I, I knew not, not, I'm not going to say during this is why I'm hot phase. I knew before then, right. but I did, I did a promo run for a record called I did you wrong in 2004. And it, it brought me, you know, uh, New York, Boston, uh, Connecticut. And these were little clusters that were playing, supporting the record, Bay, uh, the Bay area on, on the West coast, San Francisco supported the record. And I got to kind of see a promo. And it, this was only like maybe five stations that was supporting, it. and I thought I was the biggest artist in the world at the time. Like, yeah, and then and then and then obviously going into this is why I'm hot, realizing that I had to I I, I would legit this is my schedule, and you you understand of all people, um, if I'm going into a market, there's probably maybe three or four different stations that I got to hit on urban rhythmic pop side, right? Um, and you know I I I got to make sure that my relationships are, are cool with all of them because some some don't like each other, right? Name of the game, um. And and you're doing this in every every major city, every secondary market, every you know everywhere you go, you kind of have to be you 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 have to almost in a sense be democratic about how you promote and push a record, and everybody has to have it at the same time. So yeah. you got to do this, and it all has to be at the same time, and you're one person. So so I, I respect the fact, like I said, I respect anybody who has the ability to be in the business, but we still got we got to educate people on how it actually operates. After you get out the studio, because some people are like 100 percent clueless to, to the way the world works once you leave a studio with a record in your hand. Right. And now we have this whole other thing involved in it, this technology space that has made it explode to an even even <laughs> a level that I think we're still discovering how crazy it can be with technology, you know, and you stepped into the technology space and I, I want to talk about this thing that you came up with. You, you, you move. And, it, and it's crazy. And this is another thing that I that I love about talking to you is that I don't think you see a ceiling. I think that you see opportunity every day that you wake up. And that's what I, that's what I, I've seen to, to learn about you and, and, and the crew that that you guys that how you guys run. It's like we see opportunity like, you know. And so yeah. when you move in this tech space, you guys come up with this thing called Record Graham. And what mm -hmm. what is Record Graham exactly? Yeah, so um, so like I guess during my uh, in 2012, um, I was actually flying on a plane. I was with Eric Mendelson. We were flying out to to San Fran, and I'm like, hey, I think I had like a like a show at the time, and I'm like, man, I got this idea for an app, 
And Eric looks at me and he's like, ah, you always have these ideas, you know. And I'm like, no, seriously, I got this idea. And I told it to him on the plane. And he's like, yo, that's a that's an incredible idea. So he's like, you know what, let's while we're in San Fran, I'm going to go see if I could talk to some of the VCs. You know, VC is, is a venture capital. So basically the people who fund um, technology, technological ideas, or at least what I thought at the time. <clears throat> and then I realized when we got there, no one, no one. You know, be, me being a big artist, no one took a meeting. No one cared about, you know, what what uh, what I had to say or offer. And there was one, I, I forgot the name of the company, but they actually did take the meeting, and they said the idea sounds great, but said where's the product? You, you know, do you guys do you guys actually build something? Um, and um, and I realized that that I had to put my money where my mouth was. So we decided to start developing different music apps. And one of the apps we got into developing, myself, Blackout, and and Eric, is an app called Recogram, which is now called Creator. Okay. And the whole premise of it is to just to, is to uh, democratize the recording process. And and people will ask, well, what does that mean? Well, there's a lot of people, no matter in this world, not just the United States, that do not have access recording studio phones you know these these phones that we have are so powerful um how, how can we create a studio and a phone um and and then, and then create something cool enough for people to be attracted to it to where they'll actually use it um and then maybe even reach out to some producers to actually upload real music real grammy award-winning producers upload real music to it and have people come in and record um and the process is, is has definitely been a learning curve from then to even now i'm not gonna lie but um we built it um, we, we started understanding how to pitch, uh, you know, um, understanding how to accept uh, investment, which is which is a whole learning curve within itself. Um, we went through an, incu an, an, an what they call an incubator, which basically teaches you point A to point B in the world of, of technology. Um, so it was it was it was really learning something brand new. I knew music. I still know music. And that's what I know. But technology Stepping into a 2012, I had to legit learn like if I was like if I had to learn to walk again, basically. Right. Um, and, you know, we, we did some amazing things. We like you mentioned, we did TechCrunch Disrupt, which is like this really huge competition that that go. The winners are typically like the best, the most coveted technology companies that are coming in the space. And we happen to actually win a TechCrunch in 2017. So Dope. that was to me like. That 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 win was like equivalent to this is why I'm hot being the number one record in the country because that win solidified me as a person who is in the tech industry and from there I basically just hit the ground running saying hey everything anything moving I want in basically right. on the technology side I don't care what it is I want to learn about it and I want in because this is the way to revolu revolutionize the future. Yeah, I think I think a lot is missed, too, when you when you talk about like I look at so many things. And like I said, as as I'm moving more into these spaces. Right. And I'm in these rooms and I'm like, you know, I'm like a wide eyed kid. I'm like, wow, this is really going on. And I think that we're, what what what's missing in the old way of thinking. And you started the call up. You started the, the interview off like this when you said, like, you don't want to be the old guy. And and I think I understand that well, because I, I what I what I what I venture with us right now is how our parents or uncles felt when we first jumped into this hip hop thing. Right. They were like, why, why would you do that? You know? So when I see these kids, right. And yeah. everybody talks about how a kid is buried in their phone, then perhaps we may need to go there and talk to them. You know what I'm saying? And I don't mean stand beside them and ask them why are you always on your phone, maybe understand what they're doing in the phone. And then 
communicate with them in that space. And that doesn't mean to say that we, I, cause I still want kids to very much be able to have this conversation as well, but maybe walking to them where they, where they're, where they're talking at and actually listening, then you bring them back up to where they like, damn, I, I want to talk to you here too. You know, I think that's a big yeah. thing that, that we miss, like where we can communicate with them at. And it's not like, believe me, I'm like you, man. Like I, I do feel like I'm older than a lot of these kids that, that are, that are doing different things now, whatever. But I also am intrigued by how they moving. I'm intrigued by like, yeah, damn. But what I want to help them connect the dots to, and I, and I like the way you think as well is don't forget your business though. And, and let me, let me show you about this though, because we've been through this part already. We just didn't do it with the phone, mm-hmm. but we've been, Mem's been through this part already with the label. So yeah. just because you made this song and you like, oh, I'm doing this and I'm moving around YouTube, some of that is still just like what Mims went through. Very much, you know, keeping up with, yeah, with, I mean, with your we, views and that sort of thing. Go ahead. No, no, I, I agree with you. And I and I and, and watch this. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna show you something crazy that I'm actually investing in now. Um and and people when they hear it, they're like, what? Like it like so there's this thing now of the, the well, we call it Web3. So Web3 is basically what people have been hearing called the metaverse. You hear this thing called the metaverse being thrown around. Right. Um, and you know, in this terminology. Well, well, the cool thing about the metaverse and something that's happening right now is called play to earn. It's when you can play video games and actually earn money from playing video games. And and it's not, you know, you you don't have. I mean, yes, there's esports, which is a little different. You have people playing PlayStation Five or Xbox, and they're actually playing like uh, 2K or, or any of these these games to actually win money. It's a little bit different, right? So Web3 are web-based games, and people are actually playing uh, for cryptocurrency, which they can obviously in return trade in to make money. So what's what's cool about that to me is is two things. One. We t- we when we when my era growing up, I was told video games will get you nowhere. Stop playing those video games. <laughs> right. Get away from that screen. You know, um, and and now the, the now my rebuttal to that is how could you say that there are people out there that are billionaires because they've created games like Fortnite. Um, there are people out there who are billionaires because they they're playing. I mean, not billionaire, but millionaires because they're playing video games and they're live streaming them, streaming it. So. So that no longer applies. And I think what you just said resonates with me because as as old as, as we get older, we start to realize that there are trends that are being set by the younger audience and it may not fit or or align what we what we used to do. And we try to push ourselves onto them to say, hey, you know, go outside and throw a football around. Now, I still believe you should go outside and throw a football around, right. but but I'm not going to knock you if your head is buried in a computer and you're playing video games and you're earning a, a living for yourself um, because because it's just, you know, it's their day and age now. And and what I do now is I want to learn about it, um, maybe not to be an avid video game player, but as a as a young black entrepreneur, I want to learn about these things so I can invest in them so that, you know, so that I can play my part in, in that world as well. So, right. you know. So when, when we're talking about the metaverse, right, do you think that, and this is a, this is a very real thing to me, do you think that, um, you know, because like I said, me personally, and I think somebody posted something yesterday and I was like, I ain't sure if I'm ready to go in the metaverse because I don't totally understand it. Do you really feel, yeah. do you really feel, seriously, and this is, this is, this is actually a black-brown question. As a black-brown yeah. person, it's a space you definitely should be paying attention to, though, before we get left behind. Because a lot of times I feel like that's what happens to us. Because, you know, I, I'm the first to admit, and I try to be candid in these conversations I have. Sometimes if I can't touch something, I'm like, I don't know if I want to rock with that. I just don't know. 
I just do not know. Yeah. And I know that I'm not the only person, period. But I, but since I relate so heavily to black and brown people, I know yeah. that we'd be like, nah, I can't put that in my pocket. You know, you know how a lot of us are. We can't touch the money. We ain't got it. When really, when yeah, reality yeah. is, if you can count the money in your pocket, you really ain't got none in reality. That's not wealth. I think you know? it's, two, it's two ways to look at that. Right. So like 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 for me, um, from an investment standpoint, I want in because because I want to sustain my future, future of my child, you know, the future of the people around me. So so if you're, if if as a black man, um, I want to be in the room. Right. Like like I actually get upset when I'm not in the room because I'm like, man, um, I'm, I'm, I'm missing something. Um, and, and what I realized with technology, it's, you know, yeah, there's, there's definitely issues. There's, there's, there's social issues everywhere. You know, being, being black is not easy. Um, especially being a black man now in, in today's day and age is not easy. Um, but that, that to me, I've never, I don't want to use that to limit me from being in the room. Cause when I get in that room, yeah, you're going to see my color, but you're also going to see that, that I've, that I did my research and my homework. And when I come in there, you know, um, speak to me like you speak to everyone else, because I came in with with the with the ability to know what I'm talking about. That's one aspect. Now, now I don't use social media, right? I chose in my when in my have I have my own personal reasons for not using social media the way that everyone else does, right? Um, and that's because I've I've lived maybe four or five years of my life in front of a camera where I where I felt like I didn't have any privacy. So coming out of that, I decided that that it wasn't for me. There right. are things that you should be allowed to miss as a person. If you if if you enjoy privacy, if you enjoy your solitude, then I can never knock you for not jumping into things like the metaverse and things of that nature. Because the truth is that we're about to enter a world. Uh, we're we're literally. I mean, it's called the metaverse. We're literally entering a different um, world, and and some people will get it and some people won't. Um, and I and I don't think it's for everyone. I I approach it more from a I'm curious to see where technology is going, and I'm also um, approaching it from an investment standpoint um, to sustain because I'm the type of person if I can put you know some money here and 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 just like if someone put if someone told me 15 years ago to drop money on Apple instead of buying all those cars I bought, right? You know I, I'd probably be able to buy an NBA team at this point in time. And I think that that's what I'm in it for is the understanding that this is the greatest transfer of wealth ever um, that we'll ever live through for, for us right now. This is our era's transfer of wealth. And, and um, that's why I believe everyone should start at least paying attention to blockchain, to, to the metaverse, to NFTs, all of these keywords that you start hearing. Just do some research, you know, watch a couple of YouTubes and see if there's something you can gain from it or a perspective and, you know, um, get in it. Right. Like if, if, if from an investment standpoint, at least. Right. Explain to me what an NFT is, because. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Mims, I, I don't know what Mims. All I know is somebody pops up on my screen how much money they made with an NFT. All I know is somebody's on my screen, Mims. And man, you just don't understand my NFTs is going for this. My NFTs is going for that. And, you know, I read a comment here. I read a comment there. And so when I come on this hip hop study hall podcast, I plan on learning something. And I and I promised myself I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask Mims because I know he going to know that that is that's my, that's my tech guy. That's one of my tech guys right there. Yeah. Um, But seriously, in all seriousness, the NFT space that we're so, moving into. First of all, what is it? Mm -hmm. What is an NFT? So what NFT stands for is non fungible token. Right. I know that that even in that definition of what it stands for, it doesn't really give you a clear indication of what it is. A non-fungible token is basically a token that can't be broken down, right? 
Um, the way I explain that to people is I use Bitcoin. Bitcoin, even though there are only uh, umpteenth amount of Bitcoins in the world, you can actually buy a percentage, a small percentage of a Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a whole coin, which used to be confu a confusing thing in the past where people wouldn't invest in, in Bitcoin because they felt like they couldn't afford it at the time. And I'm like, well, you could put $100 in Bitcoin and, and you, you can you know, buy fractional shares of it. Um, well, non-fungible token cannot be bought in fractional shares. It can only be bought in one token at a time. Why that matters. Um, so just to clear the confusion from people, what a non-fungible token is, is, it does in, in the traditional space now is it acts as a key. That's it. It's basically a, a, a something of a, a, something you can own that, that gives you the ability to unlock uh, an experience or, or unlock. I mean, there's so many things I can name that you can unlock with it, but look at it as a key. If right. there's 15 doors and someone says in order for you to get in, in these doors, you have to purchase this key or this NFT um, it's going to be able to unlock all these doors. That's essentially what an NFT represents now. Um, how we use it is it depends on 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 you know what we're what we're talking about. So if I'm a musician, how can I use an NFT? And I'll keep it real simple. I do music. I have fifteen thousand fans that love me. Okay, cool. So for my fifteen thousand fans, I'm going to create these tokens, and whoever buys or whoever uh, supports or buys this token. Um, as my career progresses, I'm going to basically do cool things for you. So you may get access to a concert, um, um, backstage access at a show if you show proof that you have this NFT. Um, I may give you an exclusive record, which is what's being done now. So someone will, will say, hey, if you bought my NFT, um, I'm going to be um, giving you or gifting you a, a brand new record that no one has ever heard before. So, so only the people who, who bought this NFT have access to listening to this record. And it's, that's all it is. It's basically just a way to, to reward um, your fans um, by giving them something that they can like. And the reason why we, we, we use blockchain technology is because it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the only technology that exists now or one of the only technologies that exists now that can't be um, counterfeited. Right. I guess to say so someone can't come behind you and 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 make the same NFT that you made. It's on the blockchain. It's verified. It's there. Everyone can see it. There's a ledger. And what a ledger is, is basically information that says this person owns this wallet, owns this NFT. Um, now, if you think about that concept and, and how we apply it to music, you could legitimately apply it to any industry, any industry. And why it's so groundbreaking and pivotal um, and, and where we are at the time now. So, for example, um, I don't know if everyone knows who Picasso is or, you know, um, uh, John michel Baptiste, the, uh, the, the painter, or Andy Warhol. And take any one of these prolific artists. When they sold a painting in the past, right, when they sold a physical painting, um, let's say they got $1,000 for that painting. That was it. That was all they got. That's the, all the money that they could retain from that painting was a thousand dollars. If they that if they die in that painting, and most of them have hundred that painting, a hundred X's or thousand X's, they don't get a penny from it. Their estate doesn't get a cent from it. Well, with NFTs, if you're an artist, you can release digital art, and when you sell it, um, every time that art gets sold, you can retain a, a percentage or a royalty from it, no matter how many people buy it for years to come. Wow. So. 
situations like that where it revolutionizes um, the art world and the art space. Um, I mean, I mean, and, and, and the list goes on. Gaming, you know, um, you buy an NFT, you 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 own that avatar that plays that game. That's that avatar is unique to you. If that avatar goes into the metaverse and and he wants to buy a sweater or anything for that nature, it's attached to that particular avatar. Let's say you decide you want to sell it, you can sell that and everything that that comes with it. So so there's a lot of different cool applications for NFTs, and it's still growing, by the way. Like right. like where NFTs are going, it's 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 going to get a, a lot more confusing than what I just said. Right. For sure. So basically, what you're saying to me though, too, though, is I have to have something that people are interested in though, in order to probably have an NFT because it has to, that's how it gets value because people are interested in, in being a part of it or having it, like you said, an experience, whether it's like you said, I I have this record and you one of my core fans that I got and you are exclusively going to be in this thing or in this concert I do that's, you know, but you have to be a product or a service or something that people are actually interested in, in order to probably become yeah. an NFT of value is what you're saying to me. I believe so. And I think, um, I mean, we, we may see situations where someone may put an NFT up today and no one ever looks at it. And then someone maybe comes 10 years from now and says, man, I like I like that. I want to I want to purchase it just because I, because it interests me. Um, then maybe we'll get to that point right now where we are is the value is in the community. So so if a thousand people want a, a, a brand new Drake song, but only 200 people have access to it then you you and you're one of the 200 people well guess what you have something that's valuable to someone else and guess what you can do with it you can sell it to them and you can pick the price you want to sell it to them for so so just to give you an example there's a there's an nft uh, community called um uh, crypto punks which is like one of the first nft uh images we call it pfp but um nfts that were created these I think they're about, I want to say about, I don't, I don't know, let's say 10,000 of them, but every one of these things is probably valued at a quarter of a million dollars or more at this point in time. Wow. Because their community is so strong about the value of them that, that they won't sell them for anything lower or higher than, than a quarter to a half a million dollars. Some of them were, which is selling for millions and millions of dollars. So just, and they were being sold. The original price on them was, was like maybe, you know, 200 bucks. So, wow. so, you know, people people have changed their lives financially being in the space uh, and understanding the space. It's a, it's a lot going on out there in, in, the, in the tech world, in the digital world. And so what does a kid do? What is What is it? What do you what do you what would you recommend a kid, a kid that wants to get into this industry now? Would you would you recommend them? learning more about the tech space would you, i mean just say that they they're thinking about the entertainment business like what would what would you mm-hmm. tell them with regard i guess to this to this whole space as a whole because one of the things that um i it just it's just mind-boggling to me is the, the dude that mm-hmm. that is the ceo or run spotify is worth like 3.8 billion i'm trying to figure out is anybody that's creating even remotely close to being worth that on that app maybe hove yeah. and he's still like what at one billion beyonce yeah. one bill if they together you know what i'm saying like just what yeah. i'm saying is nobody that's creating that's on the app giving the content is even remotely close to what his what so, his net worth is so now you see why i get so mad when i get in these rooms um and the reason why i get upset is because um these companies are making billions of dollars on the backs of of, of you know of us and 
And I'm 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 not gonna be the guy that complains because there's we already know there's there's an unfair um uh you know the, the, the way artists get paid out is unfair. We you know that that's probably already a given. But what makes it even worse for me is is I deal with companies that have raised billions of dollars and when they approach musicians, they're still approaching and 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 this is not I'm I don't mean this to sound disgruntled and you'll even hear it. They're still approaching the people like the Diddy's, the Pharrell's the Jay-Z's, the Beyonce's, and that's great. These guys, these guys already have a lot of money um, and they have a lot of influence. But what, what, what messes me up is when you talk about um, building technology, you're talking about some of the younger people who have, who have the targeted audience and these companies will, will look at them and say, okay, here's, here's $5,000 or here's 10 grand um, to, to put a post up. And, and you can put a post about my, my technology company that's going to make 500x on that $10,000 investment. Um, and that's where I get upset is because what we don't realize as a people, as black people, is that, that you know, someone asked me, and, and I don't want to go too deep into this, right? I say, you know, I, I live in New York, right? So you go any place in New York, you have these different communities. You got Chinatown. You have uh, Bensonhurst. You have a lot of uh, the Jewish community in Bensonhurst. You have, uh, you know, Koreans that are that are living in Fort Lee, and you see some of these areas, and they're very prominent, right? There's no, there's little to no crime that's that's happening, and and that that's because when you talk about each industry, you know, the Chinese have uh, their hands in, in a particular industry, the Koreans have their hand in a particular industry, Jewish people tend to have their hands in a particular industry. So I used to always ask, well, what is the black industry? What is it, right? And the one thing that always comes to mind is entertainment. But we're so we're so willing to sell our entertainment that that and, and we we don't retain the ownership on it that we don't we there's no value in it anymore for us. So we're only really being used for our influence. So I mean, like like I said, I think we we start to have to we have to understand our value. And I think as as entertainers um, and and as influencers, uh, we should do two things. One. Um, get equity from these companies. There's, there's no reason why, uh, and I would say there's no reason why a, a, a black, a young black entrepreneur shouldn't have a hefty amount of ownership in a Facebook or any, any of these companies, uh, Instagram or Chat or TikTok that we've helped build. Or the other side of it is, is we can, we can also support, um, you know, entrepreneurs who are building technology that look like us, so that they have that ability as well. So. Right. You know, going back to that thing that you said about, uh, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this, uh, this, uh, it was a meme that went around and it said, uh, you know, God was creating all the, all the different nationalities. And he, he asked Germans, he's like, um, so what would you guys like? Uh, and they were like, you know, we'd like, uh, automobiles. So they, that's why they, you know, that's why they're so big on building like your Mercedes and, and the BMWs. And, you know, like they went to these different, like Japan and, you know, they, they got into this and that and the other. And when he got to black people, they were like, we just want money. Right. And so we got this money and now what we're doing is buying everybody else's product and we're influencing, we're influencing, like you said, they use us to influence the sale because we make a lot of these things cool. Yeah, we're cool. We're jumping around mm -hmm. on the flyer. We make them cool. But in the back end of it, the m real money is being made by them because they own it. You know, and I you, like and you, and you yeah. said it the same way that I that I started this thing off. I, if we start understanding our value differently and understanding what we actually bring to the table and understanding why it's important to be in the room. Like I'm like you, it's always been important to me to be in the room for one to also to like you said, to get a clearer understanding of the big picture. But also too, 
if I'm in the room, then I understand how important it is to hold the door open for that next person. That is just as dope. They just didn't get the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they, they just as dope. They just, they don't always know how to find their way in and an application or a resume online ain't going to do it. Sometimes you need somebody to be like, bro, you, you belong in this room. Come on now function in here, but I'm gonna get you in the room. You know, and I think, like you said, that 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 getting in the room is is one of the biggest things that I take from these conversations and how how important that that is. I'm going to take you back to 2006. Right. Um, um, one of my business partners, Corey Llewellyn CL, he runs a company. CL. called Digiwax. Yeah. And um, he we he had a suite. We were in Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. And um, uh, I don't know if it was like All Star Weekend or, or I'm not sure, but we, I know it was Vegas and. And he had a suite, and right next to his suite was a company called Microsoft. They were, they were, they they had a. He was doing a suite with Adidas, uh, and then right next to his suite was a was a Microsoft suite. And um, you know, basically, what happens for, for those who are watching when you're an artist, you you uh, you go to these like big events, and then they basically take you from one room to the next and give you free stuff, right? As they call it promo, but but essentially, if I go into Adidas room, I'm getting free Adidas sneakers. Nike, uh, um, you know, whatever Microsoft was giving away at the time. And I, I remember sitting with the guys at Microsoft. CL had made the introduction. And at the time, I said, man, um, and this is right before I, I even signed a record deal uh, with, with EMI. I'm like, it would be great if you guys, like, had a record label. Um, and they were like, yo, that's that's not a half bad idea. Let's let's see if that's something we can put together. And the, and it, it didn't happen in the time that... that uh, that I would have loved it to, because I would have probably signed to Microsoft Records if, if that had been the case. But um, but from that relationship, um, I cultivated a relationship with them, and they would go on to do a marketing campaign for me. They would they would they would sponsor my first tour bus, um, and I basically we did a seven million dollar spend, uh, like a seven million dollar ad spend with Microsoft early on in my career, only because I was in that room, um, and wow. I was able to cultivate that relationship. So so you're right, being in the room. It's powerful, even though you may not even know that you need to be there um, because I wasn't supposed to be there. I was in the Adidas room and their room just happened to be right next door. And I was able to my team and I were able to secure a seven million dollar marketing deal from from Microsoft. Wow. Um, So you're right. You got to get you got to get in the room, though. Got to get in the rooms. Hey, before I get out of here, I want to ask you a couple of questions. And and one is about um, we've talked about the team aspect of your career. Let's talk about mentors. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Some past mentors and what have they meant to you in, in your career? Oh, see, my, mine are different. Um, obviously, you know, I, I, I get inspired by by I mean, even on the music side, you know, your typical inspirations like the Jay-Z's, the Nas's, Diddy's, the people who actually became moguls outside of just being um, musicians. I always will say that that there's a certain amount of inspiration that you have to take from these guys because they set they set the standard and they paved the way. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think um, for me, my traditional my, my my influences or the people who've inspired me from a mentor standpoint are not the most traditional. They're really just the everyday people in my family. Um, when I grew up, I didn't grow up with parents, so my my father passed away when I was eleven. My mother passed away when I was thirteen. So probably from the age my mother raised me as a single parent mom, and then I and then I had to move. Uh, you know, obviously with my grandparents becoming my grandmother becoming my, my legal guardian and I was an orphan to the state of New York. So for me, 
what what where my influences come is everyday family. The people who and, and my grandmother's Jamaican, so they came in, they worked their asses off, uh, you know, to make sure that I had uh, food in my mouth, clothes on my back. So, so to me, I, I've always been inspired by people who were able to change their circumstances, and it's and it, to me, I always look at it as generational. So, so if I have to answer that question, I would say. Um, if it wasn't for the background and my family's background and the people who've been involved and around me since I've been a child, I wouldn't become the person who I am now. And I have to give them the most amount of, of gratitude and homage that I can. So, yeah. So for me, it's my aunt, my grandmother, you know, uncles, certain uncles, uh, my brother. So people who, who who paved the way to show me either A, this is the right way to do it or A, or B, this is the wrong way to do it and, and learn from that. Right. Sure. Nah, bro, like they, 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 the, the mentor, the inspiration can come from many different spaces, bro. And that, 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 and like when you got that family unit there, that, that support that's in your household every day, I think that's something a lot of people miss, like how dope that that really is. when we're talking something like that. If you could give some advice to your younger self, what would it be? Uh, I would have dropped that money on the Apple stock instead of buying all those cards. But, <laughs> um, no, I mean, my, you know, I, I honestly, yeah, I think I think when you look back um, and, and you know, we got to enjoy life and I get it. Right. So I, I feel like one thing I tell people now, as as I stand now as a person, um, is I know that sometimes financials tend to get in the way. Um, and a lot of people wake up every single day trying to figure out how to get their financials together. What, what can I do financially to better myself? And the one thing they end up doing is they end up um, um, missing out on. What, what should really be the most important, which is time, right? So time is the most valuable commodity. Um, I believe that whatever you do in life um, or whatever you're building for in life, um, what you really should be building toward is allowing yourself the most amount of time um, to, to live, right? Or the most amount of time to be alive, I guess. Um, and what that really means is, is that we get stuck sometimes trying to figure out how to build finances that we forget that we still have to live or, or at least have to be alive because living is one thing, being alive is another. Um, and, and I know that that sounds like a cliche, corny saying, but but the reality is that think if you think about it, um, Steve Jobs, you know, and I always bring him up, one of the most prolific person, people in technology, uh, create, the creative Apple, um, you know, and, and I'm not sure what age he passed away, but no amount of money in the world could save him. Right. You know, um, 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 you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. But I would I would have to imagine that that would would with people saying that he's worth 700 and some odd million dollars, that that doesn't even matter to his family right now. Um, and I feel like we, we tend to sometimes forget how important time is to us uh, because we're always chasing money. And and I've and I've and with the coronavirus being what it is and the pandemic and COVID-19, that's really in the last two years. What I've learned the most is is manage my time um, appropriately. And that's it. Boom. Um, dude, I, I, I just want to, here's what I'd like to do. I just want to leave this door open, bro, to talk to you again in the future, bro. Like, this is like, honestly, to open 2022 up, man, and, and have this conversation with you, man. I, I appreciate you taking the time, man. And it's just dope to be, like, still friends with you and cool with you. Because I'd never forget some of our first conversations we sat and played video games in Hip Hop Soda Shop here, man. And it's always been, like... Like, like, yo, these are some really dope dudes and just, you know, just on a level of like conversation and people say like, 
when you cool, when you naturally cool, it don't really matter where the other people are from or where how long you've known them. Like cool people just kind of gravitate. So I feel like I'm one of the cool kids, man, because I, you know, I gravitate. No, you are. <laughs> I appreciate. I, it. I, you know, I want to thank you, Egan. You, you've always been a part of of you know my career. You've always helped out, and and uh, and you know, I honestly, without supporters like yourself, I wouldn't be who I am, and I wouldn't have the knowledge I have. And I, and I want to thank you as well. Because, I appreciate it. You know that, and that's the honest to God truth, man. I. I I I went through those Florida markets like it was no tomorrow, and yeah. and I've always and I've always received well this, so I always love it for I'm, sure. My man Mims, man, um, we will keep this one going for sure, man. And uh, again, where 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 can they find you? And I know you, like you said, you don't move around the social media space as much anymore. But if they want to follow you uh, digitally, where can they find you? Um, I think all my handles are like at Mims Life, right? So I mean, I, I, I'll check them. You know, I'm not like if, if I get that DM, that DM that's a little sentimental and it, it deserves a response, I'll go in and check it. I'm just not the poster, I guess. Right. I'm not that person that's you know like posting up where I'm at, I am all the time. But at Mims Life, which is M I M S L I F E, is probably where I'm at across all 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 genres, all all the social platforms. And of course, moving around the tech space because I'm sure you got some more stuff coming. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, you know, get, um, 2022, anybody listening, play to earn gaming. That's going to be the big thing this year. So so make sure you you uh, Google it if you can. I wrote that down as one of, one of my notes here. I wrote that down as one of my notes here. I was taking notes in this conversation. <laughs> My man sure. Mims, man, I appreciate you, man. For everybody rocking with us at Hip Hop Study Hall, the podcast. Shouts out to uh, Radio Influence. Don't forget, man, every episode drops every Friday. Um, wherever you get your podcast, fix that. And of course, um, on YouTube, YouTube TV at Hip Hop Study Hall. All right, download, subscribe, all that good stuff. Shouts out to Jason again over at Radio Influence. Shouts out to my man Ben Mims again. Thank you, man. Um, I will be in touch for sure. And I thank you for taking the time, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Egan. Thank you, man. For appreciate sure. you.